This is episode number 327, Being With Yourself, with Christopher Keys. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohit, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few quick announcements. First one being an invitation to all of our listeners to our upcoming three-day experience in Austin, Texas on October 7th called Survive to Thrive, Face Your Fears. What this is is a three-day experience where you will get a chance to hear stories from speakers from all over the world as well as be a part of breakout sessions that are intended to help you identify your fears and turn them into strengths. If you'd like to know more details regarding this upcoming experience, please visit our website at overcomingodds.today where you'll be able to find the latest details. The second announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our show, and that is if our show has had any form of impact in your life, please consider supporting our cause by either making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. No, as I was saying, I'm happy we're able to have this conversation because A, I feel like you and I have had a chance to get to know each other and and are probably, I would say, the most authentic, transparent selves, however you want to coin that. But I do think that to a degree, and I was sharing this actually earlier, I... I'm 10 minutes away from finishing listening to an audiobook called Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Yep. And there's one part that he talks about, and it's his relationship with purpose. And one thing that he mentioned was that for him, the closer that he got to it, or the closer that he got to this divine sense of it, the more of a quote unquote fraud he began to feel. And the reason why is because he felt that it was too good to be true to actually find that thing. And I find it's very similar to what you and I were talking about. And that's that fear of being yourself. I think it's somewhat tied to too good to be true in finding out like who you are and actually being embraced by yourself, by the world, people surrounding you. And I've been curious for quite some time. Why is that? Why do so many people fear that? Uh, well, I mean, first of all, great insightful question. I think this is my summation, mm-hmm. um, you know, full disclosure, I'm 55 years old, going on 56 in October. So um, I've got a little bit more experience than you do, but not much, <laughs> not by a lot. Just a couple more years. <laughs> <a few> years. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it, and it, the only thing that I can bridge the gap between our age difference is, um, experience. I think from an emotional perspective, from an intuitive perspective, you've beaten me by many, many years um, at at an early age. So I'm, you know, from that perspective, I have great gratitude for you because I get to see a younger version of myself in some Mm -hmm. ways where I wasn't. So when you ask that question, 
you know, like you're talking about McConaughey and, you know, love the guy. He, he really stretched himself as an actor. He could have been just happy being the, oh, handsome, yes. you know, kind of charming looking man. And, um, you know, people always do his, his, one of his quotes from a movie constantly over and over and he still kind of embraces it, but he said, I, I needed to expand. Of course, we're fearful because it's unknown. We only fear the unknown because we're, I believe we're taught at an early age, mm. whether it's through marketing, whether it's through the factory school mechanism that we take in America and many other countries uh, about around training is you're born innately knowing who you are. And as you grow, people tell you who you are. And there's the, for me, that was the, the kind of the, the battle. So when you say, you know, finding your purpose, McConaughey and others are saying, oh my God, I'm, I'm afraid <laughs> that I'm going to know the truth. Yeah. Well, the fear is based on lack of knowledge, lack of experience, right? And what if people don't accept me for who I truly am, then I'm really screwed um, because I got nowhere else to go. However, the antithesis happens. What I see is when I'm, when I'm really genuine, I connect with people that are of the same frequency, energy, uh -huh. whatever you want to call, however your modality of connection is for authentic people. When I'm my, my best and highest self, when I strip away the fearful part of it, I meet and connect with really interesting people. And I used to think I had to connect with everybody. And what I realized is I don't. And the, that's where the experience comes in. I've met people that I really wanted to connect with, but we had different frequencies, different energies, not wrong, not better, not worse, just different. And I, I quickly realized, oh, if I just allow and have the experience, then I can be more discerning in who it is that I want to spend time with. And so my short, my long answer to a, a very short question is fear. You fear it because you don't know it. Mm. Do you find that in your case, I'm on a slightly, not an opposite end of it, but more so maybe in between, because I'm still trying to, I'm breaking away from the concept of, I have to connect with everybody. I, I've broken away from the concept that I have to be liked by everybody because I just had a realization that, okay, if, if I don't like everything and everyone there, therefore it has to be true, vice versa. And that's not saying that I don't like them and don't want them to be alive or anything. It's just that we don't align different frequencies, different things, different passions. But in your case, when it comes to connecting with people, is that an intention that you set based on kind of understanding who you are? And if so, where does that intention come from? So again, experience weighs in heavily um, uh -huh. to your, you know, how you're saying, like, I don't believe there's wrong and right. And people can bring up some of the worst scenarios in our, in history they can bring up personal experiences too. And I will not, you know, um, argue with them about wrong or sure. right. I'll just, so when I got comfortable with, there is no wrong, there is no right. There is no better. There is no worse. Um, so the intentionality piece of it, that's way too sophisticated for somebody like me. I didn't set an intention. <laughs> I literally went with what, um, has always served me, which is my feelings. So, you know, when I would meet somebody as, as a young man, heterosexual, I'd see a beautiful woman. I'd be like, wow, I, I, I got to meet her. And my friends would say, how do you have the guts to go up to some beautiful woman and say hello? And I said, 
well, it's really easy. I said, I have no fear of them saying get lost. <laughs> yeah, mm. like, like <laughs> I thought I, you know, if they say get lost, then that tells me something about them. If they're a little, you know, trepidatious, I understand that they're beautiful. Everybody's, you know, from an aesthetic perspective, everybody's trying to talk to them. Um, but if they're like, you know, at ease, then I was like, because I was at ease, then that was a match frequency, even though I didn't know what those words meant at the time, but I, I understand how it felt, the how it resonated with me. So the there was no intentionality to answer your question, but there was a sense of knowing that I didn't want to go home that night and say, I wish I would have talked to her, or I wish I would have had this conversation with her. Mm. I never, like, that was more painful to me to lay in bed at night saying, I wish, I wish, I wish. And I use that for business. I use that with, you know, relationships with men, you know, like if I want to say something and have a conversation, I'll, I'll just say it. Yes. You know, I've been rejected. Yes. People don't meet my frequency, but for the most part, I've always had great experiences. So it was never something that I was like, I'll never do that again. It was just like, you know, again, my friends are like, how do you do that? And I said, you literally just have to have the courage of, of failing. You know, yeah. if, if you fail at something, I look at that as information. So um, then getting into non-judgment, like you can't go up and say hi. And the woman says, get lost. And you say, bitch, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. It's like, oh my gosh, now you're judging that situation. It's just, you know, it's just, it's so funny as you get older and as you have more experiences, you can build up that, that uh, ability to connect. But what I try and tell people that are younger than me, it's like, go with your heart, like wherever it lands in your heart, your gut, uh, your, you know, anywhere in your body, if it feels, you know, comfortable, then go with it. If there's a little bit of stress, that's natural. You know, a little bit of nervousness, that's natural. You know I mean? Yeah. I've heard a lot of podcasts and I was a little nervous for this one. It's like, okay, it's, I don't, you know, Oleg and I have talked, but I don't know how this is going to go. Of I don't course. know if anything I say is worth a damn, you know? So, <laughs> so far you're meeting the mark. Don't worry about that. All right, one. <laughs> all right, well, we'll, let your, we'll let your audience decide on that. They can, uh, they can do a thumbs up or thumbs down. <laughs> but it, it, it's true in, in regard to many of the things that you said first is, I remember having a conversation like this with another good friend of mine and we're recording a podcast and it's, you know, to a degree, you do get to quote unquote, meet a different version of that individual because you're doing a different form. Usually you and I connect. Yes, it's the same medium and Zoom, but it's not recorded. There is no this expectation as far as what are other people going to think? Are they going to subscribe for what I'm saying? Are they going to like me or dislike all these things? But I'm finding that the more that I've done these things, Yes, relationships evolve 100%. But at the same time, I'm looking at all of this as an opportunity to grow for the two of us beyond anything. That's the, that's the primary focus. You know, I, I bring people on. I have conversations with people that I genuinely believe in, that I trust, that I share some sense of mission, purpose, vision forward. And I think when you were even talking about this concept of fear and of being who you are, I think to a degree that fear never leaves. I think if anything, I really like what you said and I really want you to, or I want to create the space for you to expand upon it. And that's, you look at fear through it. For me, it's a really interesting perspective. Like you mentioned, you look at it through information. 
I am starting to look at it through that lens, but I can tell you how five years ago, I did not look at it that way. Yeah. I looked at fear as, man, this thing is happening. This thing is after me. The world's against me. There's no way I'm going to accomplish the things that I want, nor am I deserving of them. And then I flipped the script and I started to look at all of it. It's like, yes, the bank account is your bank account, right? No matter how hard you look at it, the numbers are not going to change in front of your eyes. That's a fact of the matter. But the story that I'm telling about those things can be different. I can look at those things that, okay, not yet. Or there might be another way to pay whatever it is that I'm trying to pay. And so I'm looking at it all as information as you were talking about it. And so I'm really curious, I guess, at the stage that you're at right now, with all the experience that you have gained, what do you still fear about who you are? It gets down to um, a third dimensional approach of Mm -hmm. what have I created? What am I doing? And not only for business, but society, Uh Um, you know, what, what have I amassed in terms of third dimensional items, houses, cars, people look at, you know, men, women, you know, who's your partner, that type of stuff. So when you look at the spectrum, I still get caught up in that third, we're, we're living in the third dimension. We can talk about dimensions later, but, um, we're living in the third dimension and we are systematically bombarded with information, um, whether and how you are, how, how you discern that information determines where you're at, where you're at at the moment. So yes. you used the term five years ago, how you looked at things and then you flipped the script, which I love because you can do a retrospective. You can look back and see how far you've come. Yeah. Um, but when you're in the moment, and let's use your bank account for an example. I had a similar situation. I was in my mid to late twenties and um, I had worked my way through school. And so, okay, I take it back. I was in my early twenties. I was working, I finished my way through school but I was dating a woman and I dated her for three or four years through college. And my last trimester, I needed 1500 bucks and I was like, I had nowhere else to, I had nobody else I could borrow the money from. I couldn't get any, cause I had to pay for tuition. And, um, I asked her, I said, would you help me out? And without fail, she was like, how much do you need? She's like, I can give you five grand. You can, I said, no, I just need $1,500, um, for this to finish the, to get my last trimester paid for. And it took me about two years to save up 2000 bucks. I wanted to give her $500 in in interest. (laughs) In my opinion, I was like, but at that point we had broken up, we had ended our relationship and I hadn't talked to her for over a year. And so I finally, and I I just kept saving as much as I, and I was making no money. I mean, I was, you know, it was, I was hand to mouth. I had to move back in with my dad so I could at least support myself in a home, um, you know, and, and try and figure out my next career move after I graduated from college. And um, so I saved enough money. And I remember she was at that point engaged to be married. <laughs> like she dumped me and they found a guy. To, I mean, it was it was kind of like funny because um, when we broke up, I knew it wasn't a fit. It was 80%. She was a wonderful person, but I don't want 80%. I want 100% of everything. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, meaning my heart, 100% of my heart toward that individual and 80% of my heart wasn't enough. So I, I, 
said goodbye. And within a year and a half, she was already engaged and ready to get married. And so I got a hold of her and and I I said, I want to give you this. And it was a check for 2000 bucks. And she's like, I only gave you 1500. And she's like, I don't even expect the money back. I said, you're not paying for my school. I said, you were gracious enough to give me the money and help me. And I said, I just want to give you a little bonus money for, for your investment in me. And I said, I wish you well in, in your new endeavor with your husband. And I gave her a hug and kiss. I told her, I love you. And I wish nothing but the best. So in the moment, that was every, I, my bank account was back to, I think I needed $25 in my account before they would charge me, you know, a monthly fee. So I, I kept the $25. So that's all I had left. And I didn't think twice about it. It was her money. It was never my money. Um, it was just a, a, you know, a payment that she made for me. So I was grateful that she gave me the money. I was grateful I was able to graduate. I didn't have to worry about paying for school anymore. I was grateful, even when I was living in my dad's basement, <laughs> you know, it's like all my friends were either married or had houses because it took me a while to get my bachelor's because I worked full time. Um, and, you know, it was just the way it was. And I was grateful. So gratitude in the moment of being broke, in the moment of giving away everything I had, in the moment of living with my father, all made sense to me. None, none of it was me checking myself or judging myself. It was, th that was my situation. So uh, like a couple of months later, my friend who was my best friend and he knew her very well, I'd been friends with him through college. He said, I can't believe you did what you did. And I said, I don't understand what you're saying. He said, that takes tremendous character to do what you did. She's getting married to somebody else. You had no relationship with her and you gave her not only the money back, but interest. And I, and his name was Dan. And I said, Dan, I said, I, I don't know anybody that wouldn't do that. And he goes, oh my God. He goes, you have no idea how many people wouldn't do that. And I, and I wasn't being naive. I was just being like, like to me, it, it's not about karma. It's not about payback. It's what's resonant in you. Yeah. So when you, when you do things that are resonant in you and you own it, there is also a sense of fear. Fear and love are the only two things in this reality. Everything else in between is just a manifestation of either or. Yeah. So, you know, when you're living in fear, you create low, slow energy, which makes replication happen. I was living in the moment of gratitude, which is high love energy, which creates new opportunities. So quickly after that, after I did that, I had job offers, uh, money coming my way, and I was always abundant. And I think that it's not like life is a test, but uh, this bracelet that I wear here, it says it's just information on the bracelet. And I've worn this for four years now, and I don't wear jewelry other than my wedding ring, um, but it's just information. So when you get in a situation where your bank account is low, or you lose somebody you love, who doesn't love you the way you love them, or somebody passes. You know, these are, all of these things are huge life moments. Of course. But it, yeah, but it's just information. And if you can be with the sensation in the moment, whether it's pain, whether it's sorrow, anger, um, love, excitement, when you let that land in your body, it creates new energy. New energy creates new opportunity. So, even having a bad, like looking at the bank account that you said, you know, wow, you know, I, my funds are really low, but this is what it is. And you're right. Looking at it, isn't going to change it. You know, what changes it is 
just being with it, not judging it, not saying I don't have enough. Not When you say I don't have enough, the universe always says yes. When you say I'm abundant, the universe always says yes. When you say I need a partner, the universe says, yes, you need a partner. So it's going to continue to make you look for a partner. <laughs> it's, the universe just says yes to everything. Include, so people are like, oh, I want a million dollars. The word want means, yes, I will make you want a million dollars perpetually, huh. right? So I always tell, I teach people words matter. And so, you know, going back to your, you know, to the point of, when you're in a situation and you feel angry or upset, I'm telling you to feel that, but I'm not telling you to judge it. I'm telling you not to judge it. So be with that sensation, whatever it is, and allow it. It's just trying to get your attention and that attention is information. The information will, you know, when you're in acceptance and accountability uh -huh. and that accountability for you with the bank account, wasn't you weren't doing enough, wasn't, you know, get a second job, wasn't, you know, Oleg, you're going down the wrong path. You know, clearly the money isn't coming in. You just have to check yourself and say, do I like what I'm doing? Do I connect with what I'm doing? And if the answer is yes, and it lands in that sensation in your body where you're like, ah, I do like this. This is my passion. Yeah. Then the universe says, yes, the money, that's just energy that comes um, to, and you have to be, you have to be accountable and you have to be present in the present moment. It's not, a, it's, there's nothing wrong with looking back. There's nothing wrong with looking to the future, but the only moment that you have is the moment of now. That's where you make all the change. That's such a beautiful statement. And wow. There is a lot, there are a lot of things that you said that the first thing is that for the longest time, talking about fear and you know, be, being yourself. I, I feared being myself when it comes to exposing the hardships that I faced, especially in my mid twenties, when I was first starting kind of the career, so to speak, you know, cause there's no blueprint. There's no do X, Y, and Z and you'll get to ABC. It, it's just, you, you kind of have to create your own steps along the way and, meet the people and the circumstances that you that you're dealt with. And I found as part of that journey, one of the fears of being myself is being fully transparent about the things that I was going through in my own life. A, I didn't feel like there was enough of a space. And B, I didn't know who to share that space with. If I was being fully honest. Yep. Yes, I had and still do really good friends around me. But I just didn't feel like we were in the right space of a friendship to be able to come to them and say, Hey, this is what's happening. This is what the bank bank accounts states. This is what people are saying about me for choosing this path that is full of challenges every single day. Right. I'm sure you could relate being in the space that you're in. No one wakes you up in the morning, at least not that I know of and says, Hey, <laughs> if you do X, Y, and Z, you'll be fine. You have to figure out the X, Y, and Z on your own. And some days the X, Y, and Z doesn't get figured out the way that you want it to be figured out. It takes longer. It takes a week. It takes a year. It takes years. And I found this part of that journey of being myself and quote unquote, overcoming that fear is I really had to embrace all of it that I was facing. And the only way to do it was I had to get, I had to come to terms with it first. 
and then slowly developed enough courage to open up to some of the people around me and say, hey, this is what I was actually going through a year ago. This is what happened yesterday. This is what's happening. But before I got to those things, before I got to terms with those things, I couldn't really get to terms with them with other people. Well, you said it eloquently. You, you came to terms with it yourself. Mm. Um, there's a couple of words you used and I wrote them down. You didn't feel and there was no space. Yeah. And what I, what I love is that you felt something that you, you, know, you, you said, I didn't feel it was safe to share. There wasn't a space. And I, I like how younger generation uses the term like safe space or creative space. And you even yeah. used it earlier in the podcast. The word is create. Mm. It's not, it wasn't available. So as a creator, which we all are, by the way, like there's nothing wrong with those folks that are on the train listening to this, going into a shitty job, thinking that they have no purpose. Uh, there's nothing wrong with somebody listening to us that doesn't have a job right now and is just listening in and going, I don't even, I, I'm not worth much because I, somebody hasn't told me I have the value. Yes. So what I'm here to share with you and what you kind of um, illuminated on was the fear is, is that we don't think we're enough because on some level we believe that, right? So nobody has the power to tell you you're enough, even though you crave it, you know, if Oprah Winfrey called me today and said, hey, Christopher, you're enough. <laughs> Look under your chair. There's a key to a new car. I'd be like, I already knew that, but I appreciate the car. Thank you, Oprah. <laughs> I'll gladly take that. Um, I heard people bitching, moaning that they got a car from Oprah and they had to pay the taxes. I was like, that's incredible. <laughs> right? So um, yes, the fear is, it's an emotion, but it's not the emotion. It's one of them. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're brave enough, quote unquote, to go out and be yourself, that's one way of looking at it. What I look at is, is you create the space that you want. You take accountability for the spaces that you create. And yes, there are people out there that this is completely foreign to and they may rebel against it or call you, uh, you know, what's the worst they can do to you? Call you a name or somebody comes after you on Twitter or yeah. any other social media. It's like, you know, half that shits are, you know, that's bots. Half that stuff is created. The idea of separation, if you read Sin Tzu, The Art of War, his whole dynamic was if you can divide, you can conquer. And that's just how it goes. If I get one side fighting against the other, I've already won. Because if it's 10 against 10, I'm the, I'm the 11th. I can choose my side. If I'm smart, I'll be the 11th on both sides and I'll do the finance. I mean, that's just how it works. You know, it's like people don't know anything about the Civil War when they really consider why it was fought. It wasn't a division of just on based on slavery. That was a that was the focus. And that was the reason. But the Rothschild family came in and funded both sides of the American Revolution. Right. I, I, I'm sorry, American Civil War. They funded the South and the North. And they knew that there was money in, in dividing a country and the opportunity to get in there and do a Federal Reserve Bank, which eventually happened um, for the United States in 1907, which was, you know, think about the war was 1865. And between that, that time period, it only took them 40 years to create a monetary system in this country based on their wealth. 
And I'll we can talk about the Federal Reserve at another time. But my point is, is people think the Federal Reserve is a federal agency. It is not as a business. It is a sovereign, meaning individual has nobody has checking and balancing a business called the Federal Reserve. It's just a corporation name that says to the United States, this is how much we'll lend you money for the interest rate. The Fed sets the rate. Our Congress, our president has no say. They send out a report twice a year and say, this is what we're doing. And they there's no recourse for the American people. So when I, you know, obviously I'm going way off track based on your original question, but my point to you is nobody has power over you. You can say, you know, individually, I reject the idea of the Federal Reserve. Does that change anything? No. But you can also say, I'm fully aware of who the Federal Reserve is. Yeah. But I have gratitude that there's a financial system in place that supports how people feed themselves, how people can buy a house, how people can buy a car, how people can do the work. But there's a system in place. So when you go outside the system and you create, you're going to have people that are excited by it and you're going to have people that are fearful of it because it's different. Mm -hmm. So when you can take accountability for who you are and what you're creating, you don't have to worry about if people are going to like it or not, are people going to accept me or not? It has to be something that you fully embrace internally. And that energy that you feel about yourself yeah. is transmitted and if the frequency goes out, just like a radio frequency, and the people that can tune into it will tune into it. That's that's so it everything comes from within. You cannot get peace of mind by my acceptance of you. You can only get peace of mind by your acceptance of yourself. And that means not judging yourself for the shitty things you've done and not praising yourself for the amazing things you've done. It's just saying quite simply, and this word doesn't isn't really measure it, but loving yourself. It's not the third dimensional love I'm talking about. The, the real love I'm talking about is not judging yourself. Now that's the trick right there. People, we judge ourselves much harder than we judge anybody else. Oh, yes. Just listen to the words in your head, right? When you think about yourself, would you ever say that to somebody out loud? <laughs> Probably <Yeah>. not. <laughs> there's, a, there's a phrase in, in uh, green green lights where he's talking about the concept of judges and lawyers and i'm completely going to butcher it but what i took away from it was that we truly are the best lawyers of ourselves yes i mean we we will we'll find a verdict before even the case is solved <laughs> we'll <laughs> fight both sides and, and it really is true and i love the fact that you also mentioned the concept of words i've really not going to say bought into it but i i really started to believe in the theory more than ever after I, I read Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. There's something about that book and something about the phase or the chapter of my life that I was in when I read that book, something made sense. And it's the fact that you could actually think and grow rich from your thoughts alone. And then the next step that I started to realize that, well, if that's true, then therefore the words that I'm choosing to speak out loud have just as much or even greater energy than the thoughts. Absolutely. And then I started to observe the thoughts I was having. And a lot of the thoughts I was having, including the thoughts about myself, were not the most positive of thoughts. You can't do this. You're not deserving of that. You're not enough. Why are you doing this? Stop yourself. It, you're kidding. It's all of these things. And then I started to realize that, okay, I'm genuinely pretty 
positive person, why do I experience these things? And then I started to have more and more conversations with other people and begin to realize that pretty much every single person experiences that dialogue. And that was just mind blowing. That even some of the most upbeat, optimistic, positive people go through this same exact daily routine of checking themselves, observing the thoughts, and then really becoming aware as far as which of those thoughts they choose to project into the rest of the world. Every single one is going through the same habitual routine. Well, that's, you know, now this is where you take the information I just gave you about going back into yourself and being in the moment of now. Yeah. Those thoughts are coming. Everything you said was either a past you or a future you. You're not enough. You're not making enough. That's past. You know, how could you even think you're going to create this this business that's going to not only make you rich, but help and enrich the lives of others? You can't do So again, you're in the past or you're in the future. And I'm saying to you, when's the last time you were present? Sit here right now. And I, I have full use of my fingers and legs and toes. I yes. can speak. Um, I have really pretty good eyesight, even, you know, with my glasses on even better. Um, you know, I can hear you and, you know, I work and know people that have disabilities and I know that's not the proper term anymore. Uh, you know, there's always a, a new term that's coming up, but it's people that are challenged with physical, emotional, mental issues. And so from a gratitude perspective in the moment of now, oh yes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm married and I have a daughter and I'm so grateful that she's healthy and she's off having fun in the city of Chicago right now with her aunt and cousins. My, my wife is healthy and she's upstairs. I'm healthy. Like, don't talk about abundance. It just in terms of how much revenue you're creating, right? Like words matter as, as we, as you know, Napoleon Hill, I remember reading it and I, I remember I read, you know, um, Tony Robbins 35 years ago, the giant within and all that and everything. And every time I've read stuff, I've always appreciated the insight, but it always came back to what I knew, which is it's how you feel about it is. You can't create what it is that you don't feel right. So feel the love for yourself and abundance. And I don't care how much money you want. You, you couldn't conceive of what money really is. I've, I've no, I know very wealthy men and women who are mm. fucking miserable. I'm talking pure misery. They've had challenges in their life that money cannot fix. And we're taught if you're wealthy, you're, you're healthy. You know, if you're wealthy, you get the best of everything. If you're wealthy, all your problems go away. You know what it does? It makes you sit in your problems in a bigger house, nicer car, fancier clothes. That's all it is. And there's nothing wrong with any of those items. I don't, I don't have a problem with money whatsoever, but it is not the source of happiness. I keep repeating this because it's important and I know you get it. Happiness comes from within because it's about your connection to yourself. And when you connect to yourself, I know you're doing this event on purposefulness and mm-hmm. people are constantly looking like and asking, what's my purpose? It will reveal itself to you when you reveal yourself to you. So again, not being afraid of being who you are. And you're going to look a little foolish sometimes because when you were a baby and you were learning to walk, <laughs> you didn't just you know pull your diapers up and you know say, okay, now I'm going to walk. Today. You know, you were like, no. oh, that everybody else is doing that, and I'm on all fours. I should probably try and stand upright and get that strength in my legs. And then you're all wobbly, and then 
you know, you kind of wobble and people are there to kind of help you not knock into, you know, furniture or whatever. And then you start to get the rhythm. So I say to people, be gentle with yourself when you're starting this process. Um, feel the judgment. Don't judge the judgment when, you, when you're like, oh, I just call myself an idiot. Okay, you did. Fine. Move on. Let's get comfortable with saying, I'm not an idiot. This is new for me. Nobody yelled at you when you were little because you couldn't walk. You know, oh, like, what the hell's wrong with you? You're not walking. <laughs> so why would you do that to yourself? Why would you get mad at yourself for learning to crawl and then walk? And then at some point you'll be running and you'll be able to share with those who are willing to listen to you, your thoughts, because you'll just attract that energy to you. And those who don't want to hear it will criticize you, but they'll be far worse and harsher on themselves. And so I wish them peace. I don't, I don't choose to spend time with those people. So that's called discernment. I don't want everybody to like me. I don't want anyone to like me. I want to like myself and attract those who are comfortable with that. That's how I look at it. You just reminded me of something. And I was, I've been trying to remember this for however many weeks. And I think it was you that said this at Metal a couple, two or three, four weeks ago when you and I first met. And something along the lines of that there are problems and then there are opportunities to solve those problems. Was it you? Yeah. Okay. I, sure. It's been yeah. stuck in my head the whole time and I was trying to put a voice to it, but I think it's a somewhat tied to what you and I just described. And it's really the attitude, the attitude that one chooses to approach the day-to-day -day with as well as the outlook. And I'm really curious because A, it's been stuck in my head and I'm trying to put more meaning to it when did you actually start to look at that at the world through that lens that there are problems and then there are opportunities for solutions I, i'm paraphrasing this completely yeah. but it was something along those lines Listen, something that's completely different than what i've ever heard before yeah ultimately so great question first of all like hats off to you um i always think to myself holy shit he's got such insight <laughs> I mean, seriously, I love that. So that's up to you for, it's, that's a great question. I'll tell you when that happened. But to answer your first, the second part of that question is, I showed you the bracelet. It's just information. So yeah. problems are opportunities or information saying, you keep doing the same thing over and over again, and you don't enjoy it. That's information. Mm. I'm not telling you what to do. But I'm just telling you that it, it, it keeps recurring. So I look at, at that in two two ways one is the first one is it's information okay i'm trying to i'm trying to make something that is different than what it is mm -hmm. so maybe i need to reassess this and say this isn't an opportunity for me that i'm any longer interested in or if it's something that isn't working for me and i and i take a second look at it without judgment then new information comes in and then maybe I solve the problem. Maybe I realize it's a problem not worth solving, or maybe it's just a situation that um, I really didn't want to be connected with it in the first place. And it's beautiful the way it is. So that's the non-judgment. So how did I get there? How did I get to that space? Was uh, eight years ago, I had been doing this work with my wife. She's really the genesis of all my knowledge in this quantum physics space, which is a fancy way of saying everything is energy, which it is. Mm -hmm. Scientists will tell you it's 70%. It's not, everything is 100% energy. And 
energy creates matter based on your thought. What you think is what you create. And so I had to really be, that's a big sentence. So people are gonna have to rewind that. But so this is a holographic experience in my opinion. So we project what it is that we think and we create through thought because energy is just like, hey, idiot, tell me what you want to create. And then I say, <laughs> oh, shitty wife with no pay and I'm always struggling and I don't get a relationship. Boom, thank you there. Okay, now I can put the picture up or I'm abundant and I don't need to fucking figure that out. You universe figure out abundance. You create that for me. And then you have this amazing life. So going back to the origin story of where I, where I really connected with this. So I was working for a company and I had made a couple of really large sales for them. I was a vice president of sales and I sold to a really large multinational company, made my name there, made a lot of money. And I told my wife, I said, I'm, you know, at the height of my career, I'm making the most possible money I can. And I can't stand going into work. I can't stand doing what I'm doing, but I love helping people. So it was a disconnect. And she said, okay. She goes, well, go have fun. And I said, what do you mean go have fun? <laughs> I told you, I'm like, I'm miserable right now. I'm, I'm really not connecting with this job. And, and society's telling me I'm successful and I don't feel successful. And she said, go have fun. And I said, well, having fun right now for me is we have this really inexpensive pool that you pour water. It's called a bladder pool. And uh -huh. it's like five feet by 18 feet. So we have a raft in there and my daughter loves playing. And it's like essentially a blow up pool. And so I'm laying in the pool. She's, at, she's out playing with her friends. I got my headphones on. And I'm just listening to podcasts that I enjoy. And all of a sudden, I get an email um, that comes across my phone and it says, hey, we need your help with this customer, batteries plus bulbs, which I've never heard of. But I know that they have places all over the country that sell batteries and bulbs and all kinds of stuff. And so I, I find out that this account, the guy that was working it has left the company it's in a free fall. It's an RFP form, which is request for proposal. We've rejected the company twice and they keep coming back to us. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go fix somebody else's mess. And we've already rejected this company. What have I got to say to them? And so they're an hour north of me in Wisconsin in the middle and called Middleton. And I normally I have to work in, with seven, eight people, put together a PowerPoint presentation, figure out the strategy, you know, hours and hours of work just before you even get in the door. And I thought to myself, I'm really good at this shit and I know how to connect with people. So I called the team and I said, just meet me up there. And I said, I'll run the presentation. You don't have to build anything. And I had a bunch of subject matter experts that I trusted. And right. I said, you guys are really smart at what you do. So my idea of fun was go be Christopher Keys, go there and talk to the client. So the first thing I said to the client and my team was freaking out because they're like, there's no prep. We don't know what I said. I'm only going to ask you questions, you know, answers to. And if you don't know the answers to the question, refer it back to me and I'll take care of it. I said, there's no risk to you. So they all calmed down. So I had five people up with me. And then the client had like 10 people in this big, this big meeting room. And I said to this, the chief marketing officer, I said, we've rejected you twice. And you keep coming back and asking us to work with you. And I said, there are things that we do really well. And there are things that we don't do well. I said, half of your proposal, we do really well, really well. The other half, we don't. That's why we've rejected you. I said, why do you want to talk to us? And she looked at me and I thought, here it comes, man. Like she could be like, get the hell out of my office. She looked at me and she said, I didn't know until now. It's the fact that you were honest with me in that moment and said, we do really, some things really, really well and other things we don't. She goes, I want to talk about what you do well and let's see if there's a fit. And I said, great, that's why I'm here. 
and I and it I completely took over and they and they told me we only do one year deals. We're only looking to spend X. Not only did I get a three year deal out of them, but we not only spent X, we spent X, Y, and Z. It was five times the size of the deal that they originally wanted because I saw all these other opportunities where we could help them that they were right. struggling with. So that's when I realized the power of my energy and my thought was I'm going to have fun and I'm going to be myself, which is I want to be of service. When I wake up every morning, I always ask the universe. The first thing, as soon as I roll out of bed, um, I, I look at the clock and then I say, I want to learn something today and I want to be of service. Actually, I don't use the word want. I said, help me to learn something new today and be of service. And I've been doing that for eight years now and it has worked out well for me. Wow. Yeah. I just had a conversation prior to us doing this where we were talking about the whole concept of forming healthy habits. And one of those things is the incremental changes starting yeah. from what do you do when you roll out of bed? Yeah. How do you roll out of bed? Right. Yeah. Is it fear? Is it stress? Or is it something completely different? And I, I think if anything, what I'm also learning through my own journey is that all of this takes time. And I think in a way it's maybe meant to be this way. If it was easy, then everyone would do it. It would have no meaning if it was easy. You don't ever that consider too. wiping your own ass, but there are, and I'm, that's a very graphic way of, but you, ever, <laughs> you ever sit there and say, thank you hand for being able to get behind the buttocks. And there are people who cannot and they need help. And I don't know of a more, and I use this because it's very vulnerable to talk about people who do struggle with wiping their own ass or can't. Yeah. I have great empathy for them. And I have even more respect for them when they have the courage to ask people to help them wipe their backside. That to me, as graphic as that is, it just drives the point home. We take for granted all the things we do. And there are millions of things, your eyes blink, your, the water in your eyes takes care of your eyelid, you know, and your eyelids take care of your eyes. If there's dust in it, you get a tear and you can wipe it away and you don't, you're not affected for more than a millisecond, your body, you cut your finger. I cut my finger on uh, the weekend and I didn't have to think about the blood coagulating and healing. And now it's, this is how it looks right now. It's yeah. healing up consciously. I don't have to think about that, but we as human beings focus on four things, five things that are going bad, going poorly, not enough. And I'm telling you, be with those things, feel the feelings, the sensations of what you're judging. And then give yourself a break for judging them because I don't want to, you know, then people are going to feel, oh, I judge myself out that. Well, you're judging your judgment. Stop that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like this cycle. So it's like, be with like, and start to just, as you said, it's incremental. This is how, this is how it works. You came here to have the experience. You didn't come here. It's like playing Monopoly. And then like everybody breaks out the board, you pick the piece that you want. And then yeah. you say, okay, I won. Thank you very much, everybody. I got to go home. <laughs> that was no fun. There was nothing involved in it. It was so that's the point. Yes, you're absolutely here to have the experience. Start to just be with it. Then you'll get to the enjoyment phase when you're like, oh my gosh, contrast came in, you know, something crazy. And I looked at it as information. I brought it to my how I how it felt with me. And then all of a sudden I got this new insight. And I either let that person go or that situation go, or I engaged with that person and tried to find a middle ground. You'd have no idea what's going to, it's what's waiting to get into that thinking brain of yours and yeah. get into the unconscious. That's a whole nother podcast we'll do is the unconscious because that part is where we talk about meditation. And it's not just the lotus position. You can meditate while cutting the lawn, making dinner. You can meditate while you're walking on a treadmill. There's a million ways to do it. 
choose your attitude. That's what I keep hearing in regard to all that. You have choice on everything at every moment of now in the moment. You can choose whatever you want. So not just attitude, you know, choose. <laughs> just know that like you have a choice in everything. And yes, things happen to people that are very difficult. And I do not diminish that. What I'm saying to those individuals is be gentle with yourself. Love yourself in the best way you know how. There's no roadmap, like you said. There are, I don't have five steps to getting abundant. I just have a, a, an idea. And uh -huh. you know, so like, that's the bottom line is I don't pitch this because it isn't pitchable. It's, yeah. it's, just, it's an affable, meaning you either, you either resonate with it or you don't. And then you learn, as you said, you, you do the, the little things. So a mantra in the morning, you know, for me is, you know, just uh, the abundance and that I have for, for life. I don't wake up anymore. Like, oh, <laughs> if you make yeah. that noise, when you wake up, there's, there's a time to be with yourself. And when you wake up and you say, I'm grateful, or like, for me, I love being of service and I love being educated, learning new, which you've done for me today, even though I've literally owned your entire <laughs> No, <laughs> I appreciate you for, for all this, uh, for anyone that's not familiar as far as what you're doing and ways that they can connect with you, where can they get more information? Just go to myblu.org. Um, it's really simple. There's nothing to buy. Um, I do have an option where people can contact me if they want to do a session. It's 150 bucks. I spend 50 minutes with you and there is no uh, formula and I will not give you actionable items. So um, I'm already deselling what I do, but it's basically a version of what Oleg and I are doing right now. So if that's interesting to you, reach out and say hi. And in knowing you and the time that I have, I can truly say that you are a man of your word and you do deliver it. I think the biggest thing that I've learned and I really appreciate about who you are is every time we've connected, you're there, you're present, you create the space for yourself and then as well as for the space for the two of us. And it's just... Uh, it becomes effortless and there's no agenda. There's no, what needs to be said next? How do we say it? What is the other person going to think? It's true and utter acceptance of it all. And I just, I want to thank you for that because however you do it, you're doing it. And clearly it's impacting people like me and it's helping me see the value and the, and the true power of a space like this. Well, First of all, you're welcome. I mean, and thank you for the kind words. So I always, I always laugh when somebody says they give gratitude, and then somebody says thank you. So I'm going to say the way I was trained. You're welcome. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's just the way I see, like how it's morphed over the last 10, 15 years, which is beautiful. Everybody's thanking each other, but that's the beauty of who we are as individuals. We do love each other. We have way more in common than we do apart, right? And so you talked about metal. That's a, a, a group of men. It's a men's meeting that Oleg and I met. And it represents many things to many people. But ultimately, I get to meet people like you who are curious. I love your curiosity. I love mm. your brave attitude toward curiosity. And I love what you do to help others. You are of service. So it's my pleasure. And I, I'm excited to get to even know you better and like We've been hanging around for a while, uh, hanging out with each other. And I love that. So um, let's continue the conversation.
Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next time.